Welcome to the church family that is lifting lives through living love, inspiring hope, filling with faith, and transforming our world. These recorded messages are made available so that you might have additional opportunities to stay connected with us, and then you might learn and grow in your faith. God bless you as you hear the word today. And now, the message. As Tracy said in the video, we started this a few years ago, this tradition of every uh, New Year's service uh, beginning having a shared message among the pastors where we all share a word for the year ahead. And, um, and this is kind of a word for each of us to focus on, and, and, and we're all going to take turns sharing what word we chose and why. And normally we have a scripture reading, but we felt like it was hard to pick one scripture that would cover all of our words. So each of us will have a scripture that we share as we share what our words are. However, uh, I challenge to you, you should have received a little sheet like this inside your bulletin. I found like five of them on the ground in the middle of the center aisles, which means they probably fell out of your insert if that happened to you. If, and, and this goes for those of you who don't have a card or those of you watching at home. Any scrap of paper will do, because what we want to do is we just want to ask you to come up with your own words. So as you listen to us, be thinking about what your word might be, and you're welcome to borrow one of our words, but if you have a word of your own, or if you want to choose a word from that list that Miss Tracy gave us, I, how many of you were a little overwhelmed with all those words that were on the... I, the, the irony for me is the third word she said was simplify, and then it kept going for like <laughs> 20 more words. I was like... <laughs> so... I'm going to challenge you, just pick one word, not 20, and, and be thinking about it as we share what our words are. And I'll go first. Um, so my word uh, for the coming year, like I said, you can borrow from someone else. And so I borrow this word from a pastor that I heard speak last October, who in turn borrowed this word from a TV show called Ted Lasso, and the word is curiosity. Now, for those of you who have not seen Ted Lasso, you need to find someone with Apple TV and borrow their login to watch just this. It doesn't work that way. That's not quite ethical. Okay, you can't borrow logins. That's not quite ethical. Yeah, we shouldn't start off the new year breaking the commandments, but it is a very good show. Uh, And it's it's about this guy named Ted Ted Lasso, who is a football coach, uh, a college football coach, but then he gets hired by a soccer club, football in England, and he goes to coach uh, across the sea. Now, he doesn't know much about soccer, football, uh, and, and so he, you know, is quite underqualified for position, but he brings this infectious energy and joy that just even turns his enemies towards him. One of those enemies is a guy named Rupert, who is the former owner of the club and who tries in every possible way to sabotage Ted. And one day they're in the bar together and Rupert challenges Ted to a game of darts. And I'll let the scene pick up from here. Mate, what do I need to win? Two triple twenties and a bottom zone. <laughs> Good luck. Mm. You know, Rupert, guys have underestimated me my entire life. And for years, I never understood why. It used to really bother me. But then one day, I was driving my little boy to school, and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman. It was painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. I like that. So I get back in my car, and I'm driving to work. And all of a sudden, it hits me. 
all them fellas that used to belittle me, not a single one of them were curious. You know, they thought they had everything all figured out, and so they judged everything, and they judged everyone. And I realized that they're underestimating me. <sighs> Who I was had nothing to do with it. Because <laughs> if they were curious, they would ask questions, you know? Questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? <laughs> Which I would have answered, yes, sir. Every Sunday afternoon at a sports bar with my father from age 10 to I was 16 when he passed away. Barbecue sauce. I don't know why he says barbecue sauce. I, I I think it's just the most American thing he can say in that moment. Uh, it would have been great if you would have said your word is barbecue. <laughs> no, that, that would have been great, but it, my word's curiosity. So the reason, I mean, as, as Ted Lasso points out, you know, curiosity, and then this has come from Walt Whitman too, and um, curiosity is kind of the antithesis of judgment. And so my scripture is words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter seven, Matthew. He says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured against you. And he goes on to make the comparison of, if you see a speck in your brother's eyes before you try to take it out, take the log out of your own eyes so that you can see clearly. And so for me, my word is curiosity, because I think we live in a world where it's so easy to judge, I mean, to rush to judgment. And I don't even know necessarily what makes us do it. If it's, I think in my own case, I sense a lot of times when I rush to judgment, it's some insecurity I have inside myself. Like I, you, when you sense someone else is judging you, you prejudge them as a, as a form of protection. But, 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 you know, the walls go up so easily in our world. And, uh, but I find that if you, you know, what Ted's saying is true, if you just can be curious to recognize that every single person has a story. Every single person has a reason for being who they are and what they believe and what they think. And if you just remain curious about that story and invite people to share with you whatever that story may be, it brings down a lot of those walls. It builds some bridges of understanding. And you may still not agree with them, but if you just honor their story, it goes a long ways to building bridges of peace. And so that is my word for the coming year. Uh, in this hyper-critical and judgmental world we live in, there's so many walls between us. Um, I just want to work myself on remaining curious whenever I encounter uh, resistance or judgment or whatever I'm feeling that inside myself, just to remain curious. That's my word. So Isaiah... 43:19 is the verse that I've chosen to use. And it's one of my favorite verses. It actually uh, is used again in Revelation 21:5. In that verse is, "Look, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert." So my word is new. Now new for me is, you know, it can be either exciting or it can be scary. 
for me, I tend to like new because I like new and exciting things. I like to mix things up a little bit. And so, for example, this past July when I was appointed here, that was an exciting time for me. It was less scary and more exciting. And that same month, we got a new vehicle, which that's always exciting. Who doesn't like that new car smell, right? Uh, and so that helped with um, getting more mileage than we ever really realized we could get with a vehicle, right? <laughs> But you know, new can also be scary because new means that there's a change. So whatever was is going to change into something new. And that's scary because when we know what is coming, when we are familiar with stuff, we know what's expected of us, right? So um, bringing a new change into one's life can be scary. It can cause fear, and um, anything like a new job, that can be a scary time because you're going into a situation where you might not know what's expected, or a new car. We were a little intimidated by getting a new type of car because, see, we moved into a hybrid, which is hybrid electric. We've heard lots of bad stuff about electric. <laughs> Um, so about as much bad in gasoline, we heard about electric and we were scared about the distance. And so there was that unknown factor that caused a little bit of intimidation. And we can have that scariness and that fear come through for you're starting a new school, any type of new technology, new jobs. Even when we elect new leaders, which we do about every year, <laughs> And so there are always these times that we then um, need to look at what new means for each of us. And so when we look into the Bible to see what, what does new mean in the Bible, it's not a thing that causes fear or dread, but a thing that causes hope. It's hopeful because we're not stuck in the same old thing that has been. It's a new something. And God's bringing hope to us um, in these new things. So back in our Bible verse in Isaiah, this new thing that God's doing, we might not always know what that new thing is, what that new present is under the Christmas tree that causes a little bit of excitement. But sometimes we can perceive a new thing, something happening. I mean, when you think about streams in the wilderness, we often think of wilderness as maybe a scary thing, but in the wilderness is also a time of peace and quiet where we can come to God, where we are there with God, and that stream leads us beside still waters, a quiet area where we are brought into the life of God. But then there's the rivers in the desert, I mean, a desert is dry, right? But when you think of out west, it's so dry, and then the spring monsoons come and just floods the area. Like the, the pictures here, you'll see arroyos are little valleys or dry stream beds that are mostly dry until these spring floods come and just flood everything out, just gushing over the edge of these banks. Now for a moment, imagine that 
overflowing, gushing power of that water as God and God's overflowing spirit coming and soaking a person's hopelessness with new hope. That is a powerful thing, and I don't know about you, but for me, that is just, that illustration just gives me the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> and so, um, as we look into this new year, I hope you're able to find those new opportunities in your life and in the things around you, looking for new opportunities to engage even with this congregation and with your own communities, wherever it is that you all live, look for those new things that might be arising in and around your life so that you can really engage and find your place in God's story. Uh, Pastor Matt couldn't be with us today, uh, so uh, he actually sent in a video of his word. And so check out his word, which is kingdom. One of my favorite Christmas traditions is the singing of Handel's Messiah. I think I first became acquainted with the Messiah uh, when I was a young boy. Uh, my mom directed a choir at our church, and she was asked to put together a county-wide chorus of all the churches, and they came, to sing to get, came together to sing Handel's Messiah. One of my favorite traditions when I was in seminary is at Advent season, we would have the, the Messiah sing along where the seminary singers would lead us, but we, the congregation was handed books of music so we could sing along to this wonderful majestic piece uh, written by Handel so long ago. Snuck in the majestic words of Handel after the opening hallelujahs and so forth, the music kind of settles down and there's this line in there that says, the kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. The kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. What Handel was announcing is Jesus has entered our world. He stepped out of his kingdom and come into the kingdom of the world. And that's my word for 2023 is kingdom, kingdom. It's no secret that the world faces all kinds of challenges. We face war, we face climate change, we face humanitarian crises. Our country faces all kinds of challenges too. We're divided politically, we're divided, we're challenged economically, and all kinds of division and rancor seems to be the order of the day. We're divided in our denomination as well, struggling of what the future is going to look like. When I was serving full-time as a pastor, my concern was never what's going to grow the congregation, grow my church. It was always what's going to grow God's kingdom here among our people and in our community. And that question comes down to you and me, to us, to each of us. I'm reminded of Augustine's two cities, the city of God and the city of man. We may live in the city of man, but it's not our true home. Our true home is the city or the kingdom of God. As we start 2023, let's do it with the awareness, first of all, that we're already part of God's kingdom. And secondly, that we have a part in ushering in the kingdom of God. It's what we pray every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. We say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, asking for his kingdom to become more and more of a reality in our lives and in the greater world around us. And that's my prayer for each of us as we start 2023, that we would be kingdom people 
transforming the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of our Lord through the power of his Holy Spirit. May God bless you in 2023. Amen. So Matt's talked about kingdom and ushering it in, and Amber's talked about new, and I feel like I'm about to rain on their parade here. <laughs> um, so as I, as I was trying to figure out my word for 2023, it came to the word between. So I looked up the definition, and one of the definitions is the period separating two points in time. Or as I kind of like to think about it, this invisible gap of where we are right now and where we will be after, whatever that after might be. Here's the problem. A lot can happen in that gap. We get stuck, at least I tend to get stuck in that between, right? We lose hope, we become impatient, our confidence gets shaken, our strength is shaken, and we're asking, God, do you really see us? One more thing, we can't take it, right? Our faith is tested. We wonder if our prayers are ever gonna get answered. And if I had to wrap up 2022, I would say a lot of those things happened to me in 2022. Um, uh, let's see, I have to go back and see. At the end of March, I found myself in the role of caregiver and advocate for my dad, who was in the hospital for two weeks with a broken femur, and it turned out to be much more than that. Our youngest has been battling pretty severe anxiety for a few months, and so that has come with its own challenges. Then I was told I had to have surgery in October, and I said, I don't have time for that. But my husband said, yes, you do. <laughs> what? Oh, I did postpone my surgery. I, had, I needed to. Um, I <laughs> and then, then my role here changed at Zionsville, which has been, it's, it's been great, but I kept thinking, where are we going to find another youth director? Just because I know those are hard to hire. And then we met Zach and I thought, come on, Zach, you got to get here. And so finally, Zach said, I'm coming on December 1st. And, I, and so all these moments, I was like looking for the after part, right? I was stuck in this middle part. And a few weeks ago, I came across this scripture from Micah. And it says, but as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord." I wait for God, my savior, my God will hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. And in that moment, after I'd read that scripture, I heard God clearly saying, do you trust me? And I realized that all those between moments that I'd had throughout the year kind of wasted those moments. So what I mean by that is I'd lost sight of what God was doing in my life, in my faith during that time. So I was focusing, my focus was, I just got to get through this. I got to get to the other side. And God was trying to teach me something, right? And so this year I decided that my word would be between. So when I have those moments again, because none of these things that I've talked about are completely resolved, but then I, my goal is to stop and to focus on God and to make room for him, to make room for the lessons that he's teaching, to remind myself of his goodness. And so hopefully one day I can look back at those moments um, and be grateful and thankful and know that I was trusting in God. Well, that's a great segue for my word, actually, uh, because 
Someone um, posted something on Facebook about a month or maybe a couple weeks ago, and it was just a word jumble, a letter jumble thing, and it said, look at this, and the first four words that pop out are the words you should focus on for the next year. And so I thought it was kind of interesting, and I looked at it, and I had to sort of let, you know, those, remember those old dot posters where you had to let your mind kind of wander before you could see the car pop out at you or something? It was kind of like that, and so I tried to settle myself. I kind of exhaled, and I, the first word that popped out at me was miracle, and I thought that was kind of crazy. I figured it would be like gratitude or blessing or something warm and fuzzy like that. Miracles seemed like a lot. Um, and, and so I got to really thinking about that. You know, to me, miracles turning water into wine or lowering your paralytic friend from a ceiling and then picking up their mat and walking away. Um, a blind man experiencing sight for the first time. A teenage girl finding herself pregnant with the Savior. I mean, to me, that's what a miracle is. And so for that word to pop out at me made me kind of pause and, and think about that. You know, when I think about 2023 and I think about miracles, there are many that I would like to see happen. I would really love to wake up and be 28 again. That would be an amazing, I had great hair. My skin was amazing back at 28. I wouldn't mind waking up and um, I, I wouldn't mind having my sense of smell back, but this is crazy. You know, I lost my sense of smell when I had all my brain surgeries a while ago. and. This morning, I smelled Kim's perfume, which I love, in a weird way that I should probably see a therapist about. <laughs> she is a therapist. And she is a therapist. But, so I feel like the miracle's already working. Okay. But because my word is miracle, I really looked at it like that. Yeah. You know, it was very exciting. So I got to thinking, what would it be like if I woke up each day and just thought, today, something great is going to happen? You know, it's a different way of living your life than, oh, what do I have to do today? But thinking today something great is going to happen. There's going to be a miracle. I'm going to smell cookies in the oven. Or I may not wake up 28, but 30 wouldn't be bad. I would take 30. <laughs> um, and when you start to wake up with that kind of statement, you begin to see the world a lot differently. You begin to see things more clearly and perhaps maybe you can even see God's goodness in little mundane things like smelling your friend's perfume. As I was looking for a scripture to support this word, you know, there's no shortage on scriptures about miracles. Um, but I chose this Matthew text for a few reasons. One, I really liked that Jesus um, was hungry um, and that when he saw the fig tree and he doesn't find anything, he gets really hangry and is like, I'm done with the tree. That's it. Nobody, if I don't get anything from this tree, no one gets anything from this tree. And I enjoyed that humanness in that. Um, the disciples, of course, thought it was a miracle that he did that to the tree. They missed the whole hangry thing, which to me, that felt like an amazing human response um, that Jesus would be able to relate with, with what it's like to sometimes lose it, you know. But... Um, 
there was the part that says, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what is done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. So I'm not sure what miracle is out there for you or for me in 2023. As I mentioned, I have a few hopes. Um, I would really love to be able to go back to Haiti and see my friends face to face. That would be an amazing miracle for me this year. Um, but I believe that when we put our doubts and fears to rest, that's why I said it was a nice lead in, um, only God can really get to work to be able to do what God wants to do through us. So I loved how Kim in her prayer said, God has an assignment for each of us. And the miracle for this year will be that we are able to keep our eyes open and see what God will do in our own life. Okay, Kim. All right, so if you know, if you've been around here for a while, you know there's a story about me and these communion cups. But I have a question for you first. Does anybody love these? Not one hand went up, exactly. So if you have been around, you know that I, I had a little moment on All Saints Day. We had real communion with real bread and juice, and we actually got a piece of bread and we got to hold it in our hands. And I got lost in the moment, and I asked you guys to just savor that, right? Yeah, and it was actually took place like I told everyone, let's eat the bread. So we ate the bread, and you were gonna do, let's drink the juice, but you couldn't move to the juice, you're like, just savor Just this. Just savor this. Just enjoy it. And so my word for 2023 is savor. And to savor means that we should um, taste and enjoy completely. Like we should be in the moment, completely present to that moment so that we don't miss anything about that moment. The savoring should be slow and enjoyable and it should be like a basking in appreciation. And so um, the scripture that I came up with was from Psalms. Psalm 34, and it says, the angel of the Lord stands guard around those who have respect for him, for God, and he saves them. Uh, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the person who goes to him for safety. You holy people of God have respect for the Lord. Those who respect him have everything that they need. And so this is a Psalm of David, and we tend to put David in a really great light most of the time, but uh, he has some issues uh, and he wasn't always in a good light. And I think that makes this scripture even more important and valuable for us uh, because David had his failings for sure, but he was always able to see that the Lord was good to him. Um, the Lord always came to his rescue, no matter what. And I believe that the Lord always comes to our rescue and that we just have to be present in each moment and savor each moment, like Ashley is saying, um, because those moments will eventually work out for our good because God loves us. So there you have it. New miracles, curiosity, savor between. Those are our words. And I think, you know, we all, as we, we, we all wrote these words or came up with these words independent of each other. This was not like some master plan we did together. But what I found interesting is when we put them together that we did see these overlaps. Uh, you know, uh, just felt like all of them connected with each other in different ways. And I shouldn't leave Matt out with kingdom. Uh, sorry, 
because Matt wasn't here I, as I went through that. But I mean, those are all these words connect and intertwine. And, and that's the beautiful thing of the tapestry God weaves. And so what our hope for you is, is that you will take a few moments and think about what is God doing in your life? What is God doing in your heart and in your soul? And how can you look forward to being in greater connection with God in the coming year? What word would help you focus upon him? And our hope is, is that you don't just keep this word to yourself, although I certainly understand if it's personal, but I do hope you find people with whom you can share it because my hope is, is as you share with others, you'll experience what we did is that there's a, a, a connection, a resonance between the words that we all choose. And so the way we're going to close our uh, service is we're going to have um, what's uh, known as the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer, a, a renewal of, the West, of, of our covenant. This is something that Methodists uh, practice. Every year, Wesley instructed his uh, church, uh, his, uh, his followers, to, to renew a, a, their covenant every single year uh, on the new year. And so we're going to share together in the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer. And then following this prayer, Frank's going to play a song. And uh, I hope you'll use that time of, uh, while Frank plays to reflect on what this covenant, this prayer means to you and also to reflect what's your word, what's your focus that's gonna help you stay focused um, on God and his goodness in the year ahead. So Amber and I, we can just stay seated, we're okay. Um, this is kind of a call and response, but our, you can just follow along on the screen. So dearly loved brothers and sisters, the Christian life is a life found in Christ, redeemed from sin, consecrated to God. Through the gift of baptism, we've been admitted into a new covenant of Jesus Christ. On one side of this covenant stands God, who promises to give us new life in Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. And on the other side, we stand as those who promise to no longer live for ourselves, but instead to live for Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave his life for us. There are times in our lives when it is important for us to remember and reaffirm our promises and our vows. Today, we make this covenant our own, renewing with both joy and sincerity the covenant that binds us to God. While we seek to live as disciples of Jesus Christ, we often fall short. Let us now examine ourselves before God humbly confessing our sins and submitting our hearts to God. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess to you our sins. Please forgive us for the poverty of our worship, for the selfishness of our prayers, for the ways we misuse the gifts you have given us, for the ways we deceive both ourselves and others for the excuses we make, for the wrongs we have done, for our quickness to judge and our slowness to forgive. God, the Father of all mercies, is faithful to cleanse us from our sins and restore us to Christ's image. Praise and glory be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We have, sorry Frank, we have two little corporate prayers, so. That was the first, the confession, and now comes the second one. So let us now commit ourselves to Christ as his servants. Christ has many services to be done. Some are more easy and honorable. Others are more difficult and disgraceful. Some are suitable to our inclinations and interests. Others are contrary to both. 
Through this covenant prayer, we yield ourselves to Christ, submitting to his good and perfect wills in our lives. Let us respond together. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low by thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.